Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Black Pill Radio. I'm your host, Tyler. And today we are going to be talking about being a black woman in America under the Trump presidency. And I have five beautiful ladies on my panel today. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves first before we get started with the conversation. So Dawn, you got the pleasure of going first. Hi, everybody. My name is Dawn. I'm proud to be here. I'm so happy to be able to talk about these issues. Um, I really have a lot to say. So thanks for joining us. Hi, my name is Satin. Glad to be here on Black Pill Radio. Talk about these horrible issues that's going on right now in the United States. Um, so welcome. Hello, my name is Ro. I'm so excited to be here on Black Pill Radio this morning. Um, it's a great station that supports black issues and I'm glad to be here. Good morning, my name is Talisha. Um, it's a blessing to, to be able to be here this morning and to have a, a venue and a place to have a voice. So I just, you know, I give thanks for the opportunity and I look forward to the stimulating conversation. Good morning, my name's Michelle. Happy to be here with all of you. Very smart, beautiful ladies, and thank you, Tyler, for having me. I'm a professor of a business and um, psychology at CUNY and a filmmaker and an actor, so I have a lot to say about my feelings about the current political climate. All right, sounds wonderful. So I want to throw the first question out to you ladies. I'm just going to put it on the table. Being a black woman in America and having Donald Trump as a president, as our president of the United States, are you guys comfortable with this? Are you happy, disappointed, concerned, afraid? I'm going to throw this to Michelle first. How are you feeling about Mr. Trump being your president? All of the above concerning every adjective you just described. I feel that uh, when Mr. Trump says he's going to make America great again, I have never really heard anyone ask him that question, what that means. So what comes to mind to me as a black woman, particularly one that's worked in corporate America for 20 years, is I think a pre-civil rights in terms of um, how the people who are like-minded like him considered America great, pre-civil rights era. And that's something that um, as black people that we, we've really come and risen as business owners, as, as independent working people, we're much more educated, and I don't think that is something that's actually gonna happen, although my interpretation is that might be the, on the wish list of our current president, and I don't hesitate to say that. Okay, Ms. Rowe, what do you think? Um, I personally, I feel like I have like the kind of devil's advocate view I kind of like that he's president just because it's woken so many people up that were asleep before on the issues in America, especially people in my generation. Um, I think it's going to be the beginning of a revolution. I think him being president shows how former presidents before were just like him, but it was just more secret. It was more like um, playing with the sheep instead of the wolf, you know what I mean, type of thing. So I think him being a president is, aware, is raising a lot of awareness, even from people that were Republicans. They see, they see the Republican Party in a different light now because Donald Trump is doing all these things that are extremely, I guess, Republican, quote unquote. So it's like making them look bad as well to America. And I think it's gonna bring a lot of change. Um, I do not agree with a lot of his policies, actually any of them. I think he's a terrible person, but I do think he's a reflection of what America was built on from the beginning. So it's like now people are going to be aware for the next presidential election, this is not what we want anymore, you know? So that's how I feel. Um, I'm pretty much all of the above. I agree with um, Roe as far as um, not agreeing with any of his policies and him just being a horrible person. I do as well agree with Michelle when she stated that him making America great again, that pretty much means, you know, back in the 60s, the 50s, the Jim Crow era, things of that nature. And that's pretty much what he's trying to bring back. And I don't know if you guys seen, you know, some of those shirts, like, you know, we're not our ancestors, you know, and right. I just don't think he knows that 
this isn't going to work. You know, we're not going for that. It's it's a completely different ball game. You may have won the battle, but you won't win the war. And, Amen. Miss <laughs> Talisha, how do you feel? Um, I mean, yeah, I agree with all the sentiments that the sisters have said so far. Um, I think that's an interesting perspective that Ro brought up, you know, that it, it kind of brings us to a place of awareness that maybe many of us were choosing not to be in um, for all of our reasons, all the distractions of life and all the other things they throw our way that kind of keep us in the everyday run, 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 get up, go to work, take care of the kids, run, go to work, and don't really take the time out to deal with the issues that are, um, you know, really kind of creating those environments for us that we know are not healthy for us to live in. Um, so I feel like it is a moment of awakening um, and that, that language is used a lot, you know, to, to be woke. You know, what is that really about? You know what I mean? And, and um, to really look at that in a way that we can evoke some change, you know, in our communities and really starting at, with ourselves, you know, because that's what it begins with. But, um, yeah, this is crazy. Um, it is, uh, you know, he's a product of the environment. We're yeah. really seeing mm-hmm. who America is right mm-hmm. now. Yes. And right. you kind of would have to literally be walking around with your eyes closed and your ears closed up to say, yeah. I'm not going to be, you know, I don't see what's going on. Yeah. He's throwing it in our faces every day. We were talking about it earlier. Like he's literally twitty- tweeting it mm-hmm. in real time all day mm-hmm. long. So, um, yeah, it's a place for us to decide at this place right now. What are we going to do? Is it revolution time? Is it time for us? And what does that mean for yeah. us? You know? So, yeah, I, th- I think it is an, a moment of awakening, and that's an interesting perspective. I don't know that I've looked at it that way before. Um, and, and, you know, and the other sisters, and just saying that we have a voice to say we're not going to put up with this, and, yeah. and how do we move forward in that space, you know? So has anybody not answered the question so far? Dawn. I, I'm, I'm on an emotional roller coaster. I'm on an emotional roller coaster, just going up and down with all the emotions that you previously spoke about. I agree with all the sisters on here. I've taken every perspective. I definitely agree with you. I just feel like the younger ones felt like what happened in the past had nothing to do with them. They were totally disconnected. And I feel mm-hmm. that because of this, they're finally seeing that, you know, some things haven't changed. It was all hidden, and now it's coming out to the light. I feel that um, I have a deep concern because I have two young boys, and I have two females that I have to give them a certain perspective of how things are. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to teach them that it's always been a struggle for people, uh, for minorities, for black people, and that we definitely have to teach them to go after what we want, not to settle, not to be complacent about just because you're getting these things, it's not an entitlement. People die for this. And that we have right. to to teach them our history so that they know that not to repeat itself. They don't see it, but it's sl- slowly creeping up on us, and so I'm trying to bring keep myself aware. I also, when Trump became became president, I, even though I'm not a part of the younger generation, I feel that older ones have waken up also because, like Michelle said, um, I feel he wants to take us back to that pre civil rights era. I feel that they feel like we've taken something away from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like we've mm-hmm. we've done something to them, mm-hmm. and they're trying to take it back, but it's not going to happen. So we just have to not take what they're trying to get, trying to throw at us at this moment. So I go up and down. All right. So May what, I say something else? I'm yes, sorry. of course. Um, I want to say to the young lady, I'm sorry, what was your name? Ro. Ro. Yes, you're right. Uh, many other presidents are the same. He's just completely in your face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for our previous president, uh, Obama. Right, right. He brought economic stability, mm-hmm. peace internationally with a lot of countries that were our enemies. And our employment rate was the lowest it's been in eight years. Yes. He walked mm-hmm. into an economy that was completely failed in a recession or depression, yes. depending on who you're speaking with, and lowered the deficit that we had in this country and stabilized Wall Street as best as he could. Now, with that being said, here comes Mr. Trump, mm-hmm. who is not as educated at all. In any the, way. The jury is out on whether or not he has a bachelor's degree. <laughs> and previous attorney, it's true, previous presidents that we have have, e- have been doctors, yeah. lawyers, and people with PhDs who have yes. served in the military yeah. and or have political experience, a history of that. He has nothing like that. So the outcome right now in the last two months is that we are sitting in a position where we are facing, when you look at the markets, extraordinarily economic decline. It's very possible in the near future for us to go into a recession, unemployment to go up, Mm -hmm. and we're very open and vulnerable to our international peers, so we're Mm -hmm. vulnerable to more terrorist attacks. Mm-hmm. And he's in a position right now where he can just like get us all killed. Yes. Right. That's the reality I, of it. Like tomorrow. And we have to <laughs> can really. Can he not see it? I don't right. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And yeah. well, when you're a narcissist, you don't see anything but what's in your little box. So as far as it affects you as black women in a black community, what do you think the number one problem, what is the number one problem that you guys have with Donald Trump? Number one problem. Oh, jeez. Well, There's a whole bunch of number ones. You can give me a top three, whatever you feel. I mean, we can go one by one, but give me an issue that you guys have. He's only been in office for one month, so give me an issue that you guys have with Trump, his policies, his campaign promises, as, as it relates to you as a I, black woman. I think right now it, it's not more so his campaign policies because, I mean— us as black people, we've been through this since the beginning of time. So I'm not going to say that I'm not scared. I am scared. But I don't think it's heightened to that level only because it's like, oh, this is it. You know, he's, he's pretty much just doing whatever he can to just say that he's done it. So pretty much all he does is just shirk and blame. Just kind of, you know, just point the finger and just... So I think that's my issue with him is if you're going to be arrogant and narcissist, that's fine. But just, you know take the blame for what it is that you do and what you say. It's just constant lies. He can do something right in someone's face and oh no, it was the media, how? So I think it's just the lying. It's just so much lying and just blaming and pointing to the finger of coming from a grown man. I think that's the problem that annoys me so much with Donald. So you think his lies have an effect on black women in the black community? Well, no, not in particular. <laughs> okay, can one of you guys give me a particular issue that you have with Donald Trump as it relates to the black community? I can give you an issue. Since the advent of civil rights and, and discrimination laws, civil rights laws, the black woman is more educated than ever and more successful than ever. And particularly when you, there's more of us that are CEOs and COOs and CFOs for different companies, and that's a fight and a struggle to get to that level. Been there, done that, and it's, uh, it's all-consuming mm -hmm. and overwhelming because all the odds are against you. Mm -hmm. And racism can be very subliminal in the workplace mm -hmm. and hard to prove when it's happening a lot of the time. So with his perspective of black people, if you want to say black women, the, the fight's going to be more, more so, because people are... Um, who, who run a lot of companies, the majority of them are Caucasian men. And it's like he's given them the okay, okay, do what you want, hold people back, discriminate, say whatever you want, harass. So I, I feel that it'll give them uh, more of the freedom to do whatever they want in these companies and it puts us in a position where we do have to fight a zillion times more than we've already been fighting to, to succeed and get what we earn because we do have to work 20 times as harder as anybody else to get anything that we earn and succeed. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I tell my students is, you, have, you, you can't just get a college degree. You need to get a master's degree and or a doctorate because you have to do whatever they're doing, but you have to work so much harder. When I say mm -hmm. they, I mean anyone that doesn't look like you. Right. Yeah. And I tell them, you can do anything you want as long as it's legal, ethical, moral, and you're not hurting another human being. The sky's the limit and stay focused because there's a lot of odds against you, but just stay focused on the yeah. goal. And I think that's how we kind of grow and develop and, and overcome a lot of the things that we're going through. Knowledge is power. Mm -hmm. yeah. So if you guys can sit in a room with Donald Trump and ask him one question. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, well, he's the president, so you <laughs> might want to take a seat. You might have, you know, you might be able to affect some change with him. So you should definitely want to sit in a room with the president. You shouldn't be like, I'm not going to sit in a room with him. And then when he doesn't do anything for you or your community, you complain. But you had the opportunity to sit with him and talk with him. And some of you guys are saying you wouldn't do that. I don't understand that. But I would. For I those would. who I would, would sit, sit in the room. What question would you ask him if you could? I don't even, I'm not even sure. I think I was just, what are you doing? I just want to just, <laughs> what are you doing? It's just because when people come in the forefront and he talks to the media, we all seen a facade. I don't know. Right. Just to yeah. sit and look him face to face and just say, what are you thinking? Like, what do you want? What are you actually trying to do? Because what he tells us, of course, we see and hear it. But when you look at somebody straight in the face and you can, you can see this dude is lying. No, it's not about helping me. This is what you're really trying to do. You know what I'm saying? Body language. Right, yeah. the body language. So I really don't know. What, I just, what we see is what the media is telling us and what he's portraying to us. But he has his own agenda. I don't know whether it's just to help personally just him and all the other business people. Because what I'm seeing is that 
He just keeps, like, I'm with you, Sad. He just keeps lying. Yeah. Lying. If you're not a racist, why you have to point at how much help you want to have black people? You know what I mean? Like, right, but it. you're not a racist. And he has black friends, I, don't forget. And oh, I still yeah. have not gotten over, <laughs> where's my one black guy, you know, when he was campaigning? Where's my black guy over there? Like, come on, you own him? That's, right. So, right. you know, all of that, it just leaks out slowly without him realizing leaking out. I'm sitting down once one just talking to him, but let me see him face to face and say, okay, this is, I see you, Wolf. Mm-hmm. You know, Can I right. say why I wouldn't? Yeah, I wanted to speak on that too. Um, I personally said I wouldn't because I feel like Donald Trump is set in how he thinks. Mm-hmm. There's no one going to change him. They've compared him to Hitler. You know what I mean? He has those type of tendencies where he's trying to brainwash people to follow him. Right. So it's not like you're going to get through to him and just he'll be like, oh, I want peace now. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like I feel like he's not the problem. I feel like it starts with us. Mm-hmm. We have to organize. We have to be educated. We have to know what's going on. Um, because we're against him. It's us against him, basically. It's not us trying to get him to cooperate. I yeah. feel like that's never going to happen just because of his history and what he's already said. And he has targeted basically every group of people. You know what I mean? Even poor white people. Like, it's just, he's only for the rich. And that's just the bottom line where I think his mentality is. So I feel like sitting down and talking to him is pointless. So (laughs) when we say they compared him to Hitler, who's they? Because President Obama was compared to Hitler as well. Well, I feel like um, they would be other people in the media, like journalists who are against him. Um, People have said a lot about Obama, but they don't really have proof as to why he would be compared to Hitler. Um, With Donald Trump, they have several lists of things that he's done, tactics that he's done um, to ostracize certain groups of people in order to get you to hate them for things that he has no proof of that that they've done. For example, like he said, Mexicans are rapists. How many? Why? Like, why do you say only Mexican? They are rapists of every race. You know what I mean? So it's just like he's trying to generalize people, put them in a box so that you'll look at them a certain way every time you see that race or whatever. Yeah. Same thing Hitler did. So. He's making America more divisive. Right. And I feel like divide and conquer. If mm-hmm. I was to meet with him, which I probably would, it can't be one of these media op Steve Harvey Kanye West meetings where it's 10 minutes. Obviously, what type of issues are you going to come across? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get into the whole issue of what I have have with not only Donald Trump but America in general mm-hmm. in 10 minutes that makes no sense I want four hours mm. let's let's order lunch let's let's get to it you know <laughs> right. what I mean so all right so let me say this the original question was if you had the opportunity to sit down with Donald Trump and ask him one question related to the black community or a policy issue you would like to see and be effect in effect what is that question because I'm, I'm hearing a lot of complaints and expressing frustration over things he's done and said mm-hmm. in the past and you guys kind of have an idea who he's going to be as a president but you have an opportunity to sit down with him and maybe talk about some policy issues so what would you like to speak to him about okay can i do a 1a and a 1b with the question <laughs> absolutely well the first thing i would say is donnie <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your childhood mm. Okay, and now let's fast forward to the present. What do, you, what do you want? What do you want? That's it. So you're going to ask him what does he what want? What do you want? So you have an opportunity to sit in the room and discuss what you want for your community, and we're going to walk into the room and ask him what he wants. I know what he wants, and then I, could, and then I know how I would respond. It's not just I don't care about what he wants. Do you understand that? I do not care. I do not give a well, – we can't curse. I don't give a S about what he wants <laughs> at all. But that's my way of luring into going into the issues. Like, what are you doing? What do you want? Do you have a clue? Tyler, you're not going to be happy. But, you know, I can't really answer that question because I feel like, you know, he's a part of a bigger machine. He's not a solo act. He's not originate. He's not original. He's not unique. Mm -hmm. He is a part of a huge machine that has been moving and um, galvanizing and... Um, even gaining more and more power over the years. Um, 
politically, I feel like it's a huge monster. It's a huge machine, and he is just a spokesperson, and it's a part of a bigger plan. Not that I'm a huge conspiracy theorist, um, but I just do believe that. So for me to sit down in a room with him, it's almost like if we were to compare, um, you have the flu or you have, you're sick, and you go to the pharmacy and you get an over-the-counter drug, versus which is going to kind of band-aid it, versus getting to the root of this of the situation and mm-hmm. actually getting a real remedy through some natural mm-hmm. healings and some some mm-hmm. some oils and what are you eating and what's going on with your you know all of those sort of things and that's the difference. So to me, yeah, we can go in the room and talk to Donald Trump, but you're getting Tylenol and right. you know Theraflu, you know, and and we know what that does. You you're sick mm-hmm. and then you, you feel better, but the the illness and whatever the bacteria is still there. So mm-hmm. if the cancer, if we can't get to the root of the illness of the cancer of what is really um, poisoning and um, you know doing the damage then it's like okay talk me talk 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 so it's hard for me to say that that's a, that, that wouldn't be a solution place for me that wouldn't be a place where I would find solutions that wouldn't be a way for me that I would feel effective in solution it would kind of be like oh for me to be able to say that I sat in front of Donald Trump but it wouldn't I don't feel like that's an effective way to, to evoke change um, so no, sitting down in front in front of Donald Trump and asking him a question to me that's not even a place where I would begin looking at solutions. Can yeah. I say something? You're not a conspiracy theorist. You're just telling us the reality. It right. is a symptom to a bigger problem because if everyone's like he's got to go, he's got to go. Well, he's got to go, and so does his whole cabinet. And this is stuff that's been in the making for years and years and years. Yes. This has been in the planning. He's going to go, right. and the next one's going to come along. Pretty right. much. There's not, he, you know, we, we eradicate John, Donald Trump and, that's and it. Right. It's, eradicate you know, white supremacy. All like misogynist, right. sexist, or, you know, yeah, and a racist that's, that's all gone. That's not how it works. Day. I mean, I guess I would ask if you want a solid question, Tyler, on what I would ask. I guess I would ask what exactly he plans on doing as far as the black community, as far as housing, as far as the police? Like, are we getting any new laws as far as not being able to shoot someone live on camera? What exactly are we wasting our money on? Because they did this whole thing about, you know, the body cams and they're shutting those off anyway. So it's like, Mm -hmm. what exactly do you plan on doing as far as us being killed in the street, our sons, our daughters, our sons, our daughters, just, you know, everything in general, just what do you plan on doing as far as helping us that doesn't involve Ben Carson, you know, like the mm. one black person that you know. Oh you my know. goodness, don't even. Well, well ben, ben Carson's head of housing and urban development. So he, he has nothing to do with the policing. But I will, I like what well, you housing. said with yeah. that question. I like the question, but just what I would ask you. Has Obama done anything to affect change in that area when he was president? As far as policing? Yeah. Has uh-huh. any, did anything change under Obama? Um, no. no. All right. So... What's going to be the difference between Obama and Trump? You make it sound like with Trump, it'll get worse. But I think on Obama, it it was worse. So could it get any worse under Trump? Would it be the same status quo? Of course it can get worse. It's already gotten worse. I personally think Donald Trump has no control over things like that. Um, Just because he's just the president. You know what I mean? Obama didn't really have control over the police either. He could say, you guys should not do this, don't do this, don't do this. But it's like, they have to not do it. You know, it's like, you can't control every police officer and be like, you're no longer racist. It's not going to work. Yeah. You know, it's like, they have a lot of undercover things that goes on with that NYPD in general, LAPD, wherever PD. You know, it's just like, that whole department is a system in itself. Mm -hmm. So I feel like Trump is definitely influencing them to continue what they do. Um, but it's, I don't feel like it's going to change until somebody really goes after the police department directly. Like, yeah, I think it's know. what you said as far as it's, it's one small thing. Like, we have to get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. That's just one sitting down with him is honestly going to be a waste of time. Of course, you mm-hmm. want to say that you've done it just to say, you know what, I felt this way, I got my concerns out, I heard his concerns, but it doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's, it's so much deeper than that. So I will say that oh, I don't know if Obama passed any laws in regards to black people being killed in the street. I'm police, not sure. I'm not sure. Police brutality. But I know yeah. he did pl- pass a Blue Lives Matter law to give extra protection to the police. Yes. So yeah. if he can pass a law for them, maybe he could have did something for people who are getting killed in the street. So I can't, I can't say, about. Tyler, um, because I'm, I'm not going to speak if I'm not sure about statistics or, or laws that were passed. But I do know... Um, there's a large percentage of bills and laws that he wanted to pass, but he was always um, had the resistance mm-hmm. from from the Republicans, you know, in the House. So I can't I can't tell you exactly, and I don't want to assume 
he didn't do anything or try? I don't, because I don't have that information. I can get it, but we can't assume, because he had a ton of resistance constantly every day of his presidency for eight years. Well, I know he never called any of the police thugs when he shot black people, but I know he called black people thugs when he was out in the street protesting. When was that? That, that, that was in Baltimore. So that's, that's, that's terrible. That's Obama. That was in the Freddie Gray situation. So that's your President Obama. So, you know, we got well, that's a lot. not our President Obama. That's what he said, because we, I'm not going to um, sit here and say that he's perfect because we're not we're all human. And being a politician is an intensely most difficult thing. And being president of a country is the most difficult thing and, and most stressful thing any human being can take on. If, if that's what he said, you're saying that he said, he that's said a bad that. thing. That's a bad thing to say. It is. It's a horrible thing we, to we say. We all know he said it, right? Yeah, he said that. So he did called, I, I didn't say he didn't. I'm not saying, I'm not saying <laughs> he did. Saying he but, did but, <laughs> but what I'm saying to you, you're saying like you don't know if he said it, but I'm letting you know. I, I used the did. wrong terminology. He said it. I'm not going to argue. I believe you. He said it. But I'm also not going to diss him overall because of all the things he's done and the struggle that he had uh, as the president trying to implement a lot of good things. Just to they make all a, screw up. Just to make a quick segue, I always ask people this. Can you tell me one thing that Obama has done for specifically for black people? Not off the top of my head, no. Um, I know that he's freed a lot of minorities from jails that had misdemeanors, you know, for things right. like drug possession, um, selling drugs. That um, one guy went back, though. Oh, I forgot really? his name, one of them. He was only he out for like a month. Well, that yeah. sucks, but I know he did do that. Too <laughs> <laughs> bad. Um, I've also seen him speak at an NAACP convention and he was just telling me all the things of a limit that he sees for the future of the black community. So I think he's more a direct person because that wasn't even really televised. Nobody right. even knew he did that. So you know what I mean? So imagine what else he's doing. I think he's very smart. He knows not to put himself in the public eye in terms of things that have to do with the revolution. Like they said, the revolution will not be televised. So it's like you never know what somebody's doing unless it's in the media. And I feel like that's why this country is the way it is, because they feel like, oh, he's not doing anything because we don't see it. Yeah. But how do you know he's really not doing anything? You know what I mean? And the president so, doesn't have control over a lot. I think exactly. what people don't realize is it's not just him. Right. He has to get the agreement from state, from Congress and from all these other factors. If you don't have any control and majority of those folks are Republican and you're a Democrat, yes. then what what exactly can you get done, especially if they see that you're trying to specifically block out a certain race like oh but well, he's just trying to look out for them they're definitely going to stop that mm -hmm. in any way shape or form because they don't want to lose their power so it's not just him there's a whole force behind him that can stop him from doing what he wants to do or stop him from saying what he wants to say mm -hmm. so in his first two years he had control of the house and the senate he could have got anything done that he wanted to get done you, you can't I'm, I'm just, get everything I'm done just, you're not I'm he's not 100 percent control first Never. two years you had control of both and you, you didn't get much done. So you let's, still let's, can't let's, pass. No, but you yeah. can't, but I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you slide on that because <laughs> I'm not. I'm sorry. Because you, you, you um, because we have to be objective here. Yeah. We're not attacking. Mm -hmm. Right. We're not attacking. All right. So what I'm going to say again, it doesn't matter about the first. You still can't not do whatever you want. Even if the first two years that the House and the Senate were all Democrats, you cannot do anything that you want. Um, as President of the United States, and he's a very grassroots person. He was mm -hmm. before he was president, he was when he was president, and he still is now. So he, even as a president, he traveled to schools that were primarily, uh, the students were people of color, and mm -hmm. inspired, mm -hmm. and supported, and was a big advocate, and fought hard for our discrimination laws to, to stay intact, because the Republicans wanted the opposite. So it's a tough job. And none of them are perfect, and they all have their skeletons in the closet. He was just very, very intelligent enough that he survived uh, not a lot of scandal like a lot of them have. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so let's make this segue. So there was this big women's march. Mm -hmm. um, there were a lot of black women there, mm -hmm. you guys being black women. What did you think about the march in general? Do you support the march? Did you attend the march? Was it necessary? Anyone could take the question. I did not attend. Um, I... I don't know. It's, it's, it's a 50-50 thing. Like, I 100% I agree with, I guess, all women, no matter the race, coming together to fight whatever it is that they choose to fight. However, it's kind of like, you know, it, it took this long for, you know, it took Donald Trump for white women specifically to come and say, oh, no, 
now I don't like what's happening. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? We, we've, we've been seeing this. Mm-hmm. We, we've been through this before, like I said earlier. So now it took for Donald Trump to talk about, I guess, grabbing, you know, I won't say it on air, um, you know, for them to say, you know what? Ooh, I don't like that. No, no, that's not for me. You know what I mean? So it's, it was kind of a 50-50. It was like, I, you know, I get it, and I'm, I'm, I'm there for you spiritually, but, mm, you know. How does anybody else feel about the march? I did not attend the march either. Um, And I don't know that it was necessarily for me a conscious decision to not go to the march. Um, But again, it was a little bit of that decision as well. Um, I think what what I struggle with with marches um, and that type of um, protesting um, in a place for solution or a place to evoke change is that as much as I believe in solidarity and I totally believe in the power of numbers and just what happens in that moment when we're exchanging that kind of energy when all of us are together and our magic is just brewing yeah. and what that can evoke, I to- am a complete believer in that because um, I see it in myself, I see it in each one of you here at this table, um, I see it in my sisters and, and the women that I meet every day. So I know the power that we wield. So imagine us all together. Um, but imagine us all together at a think tank or in, in a place where we can come actually sit and speak to each other and mm-hmm. hear each other's stories and have a, a deeper understanding yeah. of who are you, why are you here, and how, what, is you, what role do you play? in this and how can we work together to really make change happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great that we can stand together and listen to people say riveting speeches and spoken word and have celebrities. That's all great. I think it, it, it does something to create, um, increase morale and mm-hmm. give us hope and all those things are awesome and we need that. Yeah. But what happens after the march? Did we just all get on some back on our buses and go back to the crib and get back to making <laughs> yes. greens? And, I mean, yes. like what happened? I don't. I haven't heard nothing. I've seen that Ashley Judd uh, uh, rendition of her her poetry slam. Yeah, mad Debbie times, but I haven't seen. Yeah, I haven't seen yeah. any um, real uh, places for us to come together after that and talk about what's next. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not done that myself, you know, and when you speak of what do you, but you know, if I'm, I'm talking mm-hmm. about what, what I haven't done or what I don't see in change and yeah. then you have to kind of go back to the Michael Jackson song and look mm-hmm. at the man in the mirror. <laughs> so I don't want to come off as if uh, I'm just sitting back saying, you didn't do that. You didn't do yeah. that. Um, th- I feel like it's, it's a very personal place that it has to begin with mm-hmm. um, for us as a community um, and so I feel like I tend to put my energies more into that place. Um, so as much as I don't want to sit here and say and play out the march or play out any sisters that went to the march or even the concept of a march, I'm still kind of on the line of whether I feel like that's a real strong place for effective change. But I do feel like there it, it has its place. But at the same time, I feel like once those marches are over, what are we doing? And how do we take that energy from those kind of events and then really start making it pop? Getting to the root. And getting to what we have to do, because I haven't seen that. Absolutely. So so was this march necessary for black women? No. I don't think so. No. At all. Because you know there's a lot of white women out there. It was. 53% of white women voted for Trump. Really? Mm -hmm. 53% 53%. of white women voted for Trump. There was a lot of white women out there. Mm -hmm. So we're out there for their cause, maybe, right? What what they're fighting for. But are they fighting for our causes? Mm. So things happen in our community. (laughs) Where are these same white, Muslim white, Latino white, Asian, where are they in our community? So my question is why were we there as black women? I don't think it's why were we there as black women because we're still women. Mm-hmm. It was a women's yes. march. Yeah. Yes. But I do um, feel like it was kind of a slap in the face at the same time because we're marching next to these people who weren't there for the Black Lives Matter march. You at know all. what I mean? And yeah. they weren't even thinking about it. Yeah. But they're diehard feminists, but they're not diehard um, women's rights. They're diehard feminists, but they're not diehard people's rights, mm-hmm. human rights. When it's Agreed. convenient so, for them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. it, it applies to you, so now I'm getting up and I'm going to march. It's yeah. just like, 
No, because when something happens in the community, I feel like um, black women are usually the the first to step forward, mm -hmm. if it's anything, really, um, because we're the ones who are oppressed the most, and we relate more to every issue on every basis because we know what it feels like. Mm -hmm. So it's like we're always at the forefront, and then now you want to come. Jump you know what I mean? Wagon, yeah. So it's, yeah. yeah, it's just, I feel like um, as black women, we didn't necessarily need to be there, but if we wanted to be there, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I agree with you. I think it's yeah. a combination. I agree with both of you. I think it's important to protest in March, but mm -hmm. what do you do afterwards? And you have to organize and make a plan beyond that. Mm -hmm. So I think it, a combination of it, because I remember uh, there was one March a couple weeks ago, and the the people that were protesting, they were standing at the White House where they know he looks out the window, and he was peeping through the window, like wow. the, the whole time, just peeping, and he was pacing, and it was bothersome to him. So it has to be a combination. Mm. You know, we can't just like not march, because then you don't see people. Mm -hmm. You can't just organize, so I, I think a combination is good, just right. my opinion, a little bit of both. I agree. I agree with mostly what you said, um, Talisha, because it's almost like um, you need a seat at the table. You know what I mean? Like, Because yeah. people can be outside your door. You don't have to open up your door. You know, they can shout and say whatever they want to say. But who's sitting at the table? So mm. when what it does, when I see those protests, I didn't, I didn't attend. But when I see it, I say, okay, I'm not there, so can I really be mad at them that who are there? But what am I going to do? What am I going to do to mm -hmm. get closer to these? I think it starts with the smaller circles because you have to create an intrinsic change in yourself mm -hmm. for somebody else, and then it creates a domino effect. Big marches, people leave and they go home and they go on with their lives. When in a smaller sector, you can impact the person. You can impact that one person. That person mm -hmm. might get to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then you never know. You touch that person who might be willing to go all the way. That's why when we talk about laws and policy, it's the people who are sitting at the table. So mm -hmm. maybe right. when you're complaining about the policies, it starts at the community people. Yes. Maybe you maybe you complain that much. Maybe you need to run for you no know, council person right. or you know mm -hmm. what I mean get a seat at the table and then you can if you're doing all you can then maybe we can really start complaining mm -hmm. and saying okay I am doing what I can but now I got to get someone else to do it so we can create more of a getting closer to the table mm -hmm. and yeah. then creating real change you know what I mean in the community mm -hmm. I, I think agree. that's well, what it is I think we don't really we don't know what to do it, there, there's confusion on how do we take these steps and what's the appropriate way to take these steps? How do, how do we come together? How do, how do we start? Do, yes. I, do I put flyers up and let people know to, you know to come to a meeting? What if it's only 10 of us? Nobody really knows how to start. And I can even say, yes. just like you, I'm, I'm just not 100% sure. I, I haven't done that either. Like, you, know, I try to, you try to do your best to stay woke and you know, mm -hmm. be a part of certain things, but you just don't know how to kind of get in the forefront. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we get a seat at the table? Like, we just don't know. I think that's what it that's is. True. Well, when you know better, you do better. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. There, I mean, as simplistic as this sounds, if you Google in your area grassroots groups, political groups, you'll find a gazillion of them. Okay. And there's, there's one in Brooklyn that I was involved with a couple months ago. There's a landmark theater. I forgot the name of it. I think it's called the Brick Theater in Brooklyn. And uh, there was uh, uh, 35 of us actors and it was a one-minute play festival, and every actor played five roles related to what's going on in, in the political climate now, and we each took a turn playing Donald Trump, as a matter of fact. And afterwards, there was a, a neighborhood, there were about 200 people there, there was a neighborhood discussion about how you can involve yourself as an individual, what are your ideas, what can we do, how can you educate people, so on and so forth. Um, you know, running for office yourself. There were a gazillion ideas. So they're out there, but they probably need to be more publicized. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah, and you we, can we create your own. Can yeah, I, we can't see Yeah, you can create your own. Can I just say something? This all is going to make one big circle because it's like some people feel like they're too caught up with their own lives. I'm just, you know, we're barely just trying to pay the rent in our communities. Wow. Do I really have yes. time to go out? You know what I'm saying? This that is preach. one. This is going to be like a big circle. So it's like you got to take the time to go out and push these things that you want. But yet I need to be at work at 9 a.m. because I need to pay my bills. Because mm -hmm. the landlord said I got to get out in 30 days. Yes. This is happening in our communities. Hello. So that's going to bring us back to like getting a seat at the table, talking to Trump and saying, what are you going to do about the community? How you gonna fund those resources in the community because you say we have nothing to lose what are you talking about that are you gonna fund the um the funding into our communities so that we can get the proper education to educate our children so that they can do what they want to do and be the 
be the community people you want them to be and not be worried about, oh, mommy can't pay the bill, so I'm, I can't go to school, I gotta go to work. This is one big cycle, and it just keeps going around mm-hmm. and around. So if something has to be, a line has to be drawn, you know what I'm saying? I agree. So, um, so let, me, let me ask go you guys ahead. something real quick, all right? I'm just, just gonna throw different things out because we got about 20 minutes left in this show. Right now, Trump has these ice raids going on. So he's going into communities, grabbing people, deporting people, detaining people. I want to know how you guys feel about that. And does that have any effect on you guys as black women and the black community? Anyone could take the question. Most definitely it does. Um, I personally, I'm, my, my, my background and my family's background is pretty much rooted in the South, in, in America. Um, but many of my friends and even people that I now call family are not native here Mm -hmm. and they're from you know the West Indies or the Caribbean or South America um, and where in my immediate family it's not something that I wake up in the morning and think about I know many people who wake up now every morning thinking about that Um, and it was interesting you you brought this up Tyler because I'm not really a big um, social media person I definitely do connect into it but I'm not that big on it but um, the other day I saw on Facebook that someone put out, they're putting out these alerts of watch out on Flatbush and so so and so and so. They're doing a check. If they're the, and I'm that freaked me out. Yeah, I'm like, this is real. This is really going down. Now I don't know if that was not if it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. I didn't like look into it. Um, but I can't imagine in this day and age why anyone would think that that would be funny. Yeah, um, to do anything like that. But um, to see that that's happening on that level and that. Um, but was encouraging though, as I liked how we were looking out for each other, that someone put it out there to say, you know, we need to be aware of these things. But it was definitely an eye-opening moment for me. Because um, again, like I said, my family, we're from the South. I don't have to worry about that. We're fine, you know? Um, but we're not, you know what I mean? Because I am you, you are me, and I need you, and we, we are family, period. Yeah. Um, so when I saw that, that alert, it just woke me up to say, this is happening, he's doing these things. Um, and how is that? That's really impacting families and impacting people that um, I'm close to and that I, you know, that I consider family. So yeah, it is. So he he's done some raids from what I've heard in Yonkers, New York, Brooklyn, New York, and Queens, New mm-hmm. York. So he he's definitely out there doing this. Um, they're talking about possibly bringing in Homeland Security to help with this. Mm-hmm. So that could be another issue. So I also want to ask you guys about the Muslim ban. Does that affect us as a black community? Do we care? I don't think it affects us as a black community, but I think we should care. You know what I mean? Because they're people, too. It's not really like, at this point, it's like he's attacking everyone. So it's not really like black community fighting for, you know what I mean? It's like we all need to fight together against this, um, not even just Donald Trump, against white supremacy in itself. Mm -hmm. It's not like we're we're still being divided if we say the black community, should should we help with this? No, we're all a community. You know what I mean? Because we're all being oppressed by the same person, whether you're black or white at the same time. You know what I mean? White supremacy suppresses white people as well. You know, if you don't have that dollar, it's like Mm -hmm. you don't matter. So I don't think we should separate should the black community care about this or that? We are all, you know, people at the same time. So we have he's, to care about yeah. everyone. He's yeah. trying to oppress us, exactly. but he will not. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely yes. not. Because I think for us, I think that's helping with the division. Mm-hmm. Kind of saying, well, he's not shipping black people away, so I don't care. I mean, I, I have to have the sympathy and the empathy of knowing that a mother who has four kids is being sent away. Now who's right. going to take care of her? Like, terrifying. you know, I'm a human being first, so mm-hmm. I can't just say, well, that has nothing to do with me because I'm black. I mean, I guess technically it doesn't affect us if, you know, we, you know, if we're not being sent anywhere, but it kind of does. We, we Sorry all need to, to come interrupt together. you, but there are a lot of black Muslims. I was about to say. Yeah. 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 Muslim, Muslim is just a religion. religion. Yeah. Muslim yeah. is just a religion. It's yeah. not exactly. a race. Right. So, yeah. Well, it affects right. us economically yes. across the board. If you start just deporting people, uh, how many immigrants, let's see, immigrants, if he deported everybody that was an immigrant, we'd lose something like $176 billion a year. Right. What would happen to the economy mm-hmm. in the toilet? Yeah, I mean this idea of—I um, mean, if you think about it, it's like a, it's basically the concept of ethnic cleansing. It's it's mm-hmm. moving, you know, and, and yeah. this whole getting you know America back to, um, it, but it's been happening, and I guess this is because it's happening the way it's happening now, with the way that he's it's manifesting and that he's executing it, um, you know. But they've been locking up brothers. 
and cleansing them out of the community, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Right. In the in the um, imprisonment um, system, industrial com- complex for you know for years now, it's been a part of the plan. The new now this is just a new tactic in the plan. Now we're just gonna go, you know, and they've been doing raids. Um, you know, you hear about yeah. it all the time in Texas and California um, with the immigrant workers who are working in factories and all sort of things. Um, so this is not new. It's definitely been happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this tactic is a lot more in our face. Um, snatch and grab and in the communities that maybe hadn't been as affected by it Mm -hmm. in the ways that other communities have been in the past by immigration laws Um, but the fact that it's happening on Flatbush and you know Bunker Hill like that's I think that's that's it's really in our face now you know it's really in our communities in the place that we um, we can't ignore it so let me ask you guys another question as far as the black church is concerned does the black church play any part in helping us as black women, the black community, um, what what role do they play under Donald Trump's presidency? Because a lot of our black clergy have been meeting Donald mm-hmm. with Donald Trump, supporting him privately, publicly, and then we have some black figures who are in the church, music artists specifically, that have come out and said we should pray for Donald Trump and for his success mm-hmm. um, because he's been put in this position. So, just overall, how do you what do you think the church's role is in all of this? I think, I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, I think the church's role is to pretty much, which has gotten us through so many years of oppression, is I guess to always stay positive and have faith. So I guess that's why they push that agenda as far as, oh, you know, he's still a human being, even though he is the way he is. So let's pray for him and pray for our country. But I necessarily don't agree with that. I mean, I guess, I guess we could pray for him, but will I? Honestly, no, I, I won't. So maybe that's because I'm not an active church member. But, you know, I'm not saying I'm not sending him to hell either. But it's like a, just just showing him your support when he doesn't give a damn, excuse me, when he doesn't care about you, your people, your community, that doesn't make sense to me. When the church is pretty much the, 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 the common ground where everyone kind of comes together to beat out the oppressor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that, that confuses me a bit. Well... There is no real separation of church and state. So when I think about it, I think it's all politics. Yeah. And, and what you're saying is, is uh, correct. It's a contradiction. Yeah. The church is about bringing the community together and mm-hmm. being there and helping yeah. and, and serving us, really. So it's a contradiction. So it's politics. Yeah. It's money. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not very nice or kind at all. Can I have a different perspective? Sure. Okay, I, grew up I in saw church. that. I saw that. I'm ready for I grew you. Up in church, you know, <laughs> I grew up in church from, when I, from the day I came out of my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And I really do think, for lack of a better terminology, it's like that holiness of health thing. The church is not supposed to be for abortion. We shouldn't be supporting these Planned Parenthoods. We're not supposed to be supporting all of these things that are going against the law because in the Bible, you're supposed to respect the law of the land. So if it came to, like, immigration, if you know you're here illegally, you know they're coming for you at some point. Why are you mad? You were breaking the law anyway. You know that God doesn't like you having abortions because that's considered murder. Then why are you supporting someone who supports abortion? So on the another, and I, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but on the other hand, it's more or less like, oh, he's bringing back the Christian politics and what people should be standing for or what this country's founded on God's principles. And it's all about love, and I understand that. But it's, about, it's more about following the commandments of God. That's how some people in the church see it. They see it as like, this is God's judgment. People are not doing following the law, and this is what it is. Not that it's totally my perspective. I, didn't, I don't support Trump in that because I don't want to tell anybody what to do with themselves. I live how I live. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying on growing up in church and what I hear just around because I have friends who voted for Trump it's about the principles of the Bible about what they consider to be sin and how America quote unquote has sinned by committing all these acts that God is against that's what I'm saying he's, he's good he's yeah. good at um, psychological games yeah. so everything you said I agree with it's true it's not where he's coming from so if you voted for him because he says he doesn't believe in abortion he doesn't believe in this he doesn't believe in that you don't know I don't, he doesn't yeah, care. Like he He's just saying it. Like, did no. he, did yeah. he ever go to church? So you can't Lately. talk about what you what yeah. this country was founded on and how you feel about right. certain issues when you haven't stepped foot in church or ever made any type of comment about 
worship or anything of that nature. So, well, I mean, and I, I mean, you know that he has to make these allegiances and these alliances. Of course. So, right. of course, he's going to step his foot into every little sector and pocket yeah. yes. of whatever community that he, he thinks he needs to that's going to give him mm-hmm. the um, popular, you know, the popularity that he mm-hmm. needs and the support that he needs, right? Yeah. So we all know that that's what you said. It's a political, it's all yeah. about politics. All politics um, yeah. But to answer your question, Tyler, too, historically, you know, we've all been speaking about, and I know we can mm-hmm. agree, that, yeah, the church has been the cornerstone yeah. of uh, where we have found strength, where we have found a place to find solutions, where we have found a place to release, and where we have also found a place to tap into where we really find our strength spiritually. Um, and when you think of it in that way, um, from when our ancestors were brought here, you know, and kidnapped from our home and brought to the Americas and the different Americas and the diaspora um, and the slave trade, that that was the first thing that we began to do um, was to gather and to really commune and fellowship um, and gain strength from our spirituality that, you know, was, of course, was being beaten out of us and told that we couldn't, you know, weren't allowed to practice and, and couldn't be who yeah. we know we are. So the church has always been, I think, a very important part. Um, I don't know that they called it church back then. Um, it was just a couple of folks meeting around mm-hmm. a fire, doing right. a ring shout, singing yeah. and, and, and moving in a circle and trying to evoke that movement and that, um, that spirituality. Um, but it has been a really important part I feel like of our um, progress mm-hmm. um, historically. However, recently and, and, and where we are now with the black church, um, just because of where we, how we've progressed through the years and how that progression has incited greed and selfishness and all the things that capitalism calls for in America, mm-hmm. The church has become a business, right. yeah. and it yes. has become yeah. a big part. Uh, and then, if you're yeah. going to be in business, you want to make what money. 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 Yeah. So you have to begin to align yourself yeah. with certain people and certain things. And so, yes, the church has moved. I feel like mm-hmm. in the movement of spirituality and, and community and, and family, um, maybe on the back burner, and a lot of these mega absolutely mega churches and that yeah. movement because it's about business. So he's tapping into that. Yeah. You know, I mean, that weak side of our of what has happened to that. To, to such a beautiful and sacred, um, what I feel like, um, place for us has been compromised by us first and needing that need to be, to be a part of this capitalistic system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've made those alliances and he knows where to, to, to move to, to kind of yeah. match up with that. Mm-hmm. So um, yes and no. All right, so, I agree. so somebody in the chat room is saying that the church is the reason Donald Trump got elected and Donald Trump received based on exit polls, at least 80% of the event, eventual vote. So church people definitely came out and voted for him. They voted for Donald Trump. So what does that say about the people in the church? Because the church is the people. So if the people in the church are voting at least at 80% for Donald Trump, what does that say about the people in the church or the church itself? 80% of black churches or just 80% of churches? 80% of Christians. Of Christians. So Christians. that's everybody. everybody. That's everybody. Well, we're a Christian country, so... Yeah, 80% of Christians voted for Donald Trump, at least. That's not surprising. Yeah. I'm not surprised. It's not surprising. <laughs> no, it's not I'm surprising. I'm not surprised because not surprising. I, I, it lines up. Yeah. With you know, everything that you said. Christianity and the Bible to suppress and to, you know, legitimize, I can't use that word, the effery for, for, <laughs> for forever. You know what I mean? So it yeah. lines up. This is not a new concept. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That Jesus is love and I love you, but I will beat the hell out of you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Um, and take and steal and rape and pill. You know, I, in the name of the Lord, man, we could yeah. do that as long as I'm holding the Bible. So the alignment of Christianity and using that for oppression and yeah. for deception um, to deceive and, and to um, people in, has been the concept you know, that has worked on our community for years. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like that embedded place is, is now it's so int- intrinsic mm-hmm. as a part of how we think that it's actually, of course, it's going to now, um, our views of politics yeah. are also embedded in this, this Christian, this Christian um, theology and, and philosophy. So definitely, yeah. I, that's not surprising they, that Christians were supporters of Trump. They play hand in hand because most of the people, I don't, I'm not saying it as facts, just my opinion, like m- mostly Christians are the people who are like kind of pushed towards that hate. Like 90% of the Christians who, you know, don't approve of gays, you know, it's, it comes off 
very negative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So instead of coming from, I guess, a positive place, like, listen, this is what God wants. I guess this is, you know, most of those people come at you in a way where, I mean, we've all been there as far as on the train. Why are you telling me at eight o'clock in the morning I'm going to hell? You know what I mean? It should come across in a different way. So I don't have a problem with how you feel about certain things and you trying, I guess, get people back to that space where, you know, America was grounded based on Christianity, but it should come from a loving place. If you're coming from a hateful place, then I feel like you're in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You know, why are we here? So he knew exactly what he was doing as far as tapping into, like you said, you know, putting his foot right in that pot. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, you know what, this is where they go. Let's kind of get right in there and, you know, attack them and kind of start from the ground up. So we have five minutes left on the show. So I just want to get into education. What do you guys think about Donald Trump's um, education policies? Oh, what Betsy? are they? I said, what is it? Right. <laughs> Betsy? He, oh he, he believes, he like, believes in... No. Spell education? He believes in parental <laughs> choice. So he believes in parental choice. So he believes in vouchers. He believes in charter schools. He wants you to have the power to send your child to whatever school you want to send your child versus a publicly zoned school that your child must go to. So that's where he's coming from. And... I'm sure he's against the educational union as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you guys feel about that? Are you in favor of parental choice? You want your child to be able to go where you would assume in this room where you would like your child to be able to go? Or are you comfortable with your child going to the local zone school? I like that idea, but it's but what does the fine print say? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Where's the fine print in that? It's something always something else. under. Yeah. Like, Dude, I like the choice, money, but money, there's money, always money. something behind yeah. it. Mm-hmm. The fine print. And to, to get the vouchers to qualify, who's going to be qualified? Who, exactly. you know, How much do they have to really have to pay to get the child to these private schools? I've been in education a lot of years, and everybody doesn't get a voucher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Charter schools are doing well, personally, because they get to choose who gets to be in their school. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you're, Charter if you're schools, not doing well, yes. you can't be here. Yeah. Charter you know schools mean? are a form of segregation. Right. It's set up that Ooh, way. It's a form of segregation. It is. Form of segregation. <laughs> it is. It is. And, it's, and it was actually really designed that way. Mm-hmm. And think about it. Think about it. I, I, um, the high schools that I work in in the South Bronx, and I'm working with students that are academically high achievers, so they're taking college courses, and they're all African-American students. And when you go into the school... You've got three or four charter schools in one building. That's insane. Mm -hmm. In one building, there's constant police presence. Mm -hmm. And you very, 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 very rarely see anybody that's not a person of color Mm -hmm. in these schools. So it's a form of segregation. And that's been a big political debate Mm -hmm. for a number of years. It's a way of separating us and putting us over here. Mm -hmm. Because it's a charter school, as you know, it doesn't mean you get a better education, does it? Not necessarily at all. No, because what I'm seeing and I've worked in seven of them, mm-hmm. is the, the schools, the education that the kids are receiving are come see, come saw. So are we saying we're not in favor of school vouchers? Is that the consensus? I'm, not. I'm in favor of it as far as just that alone. But if mm-hmm. you, I need to see the fine print. Why can't we right. get the schools we have already? That's what oh, I was right. going to say. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in favor of he taking doesn't back. want us to be a community. He wants no. us to go off to these other schools that are supposedly right. better. Right. But why don't we just fix the schools that are, you know, run down and need help in our own community that are down the block from our house? It doesn't make sense to me that, I mean, I agree we should have the freedom to go to any school we sure. want to. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Donald Trump, it's always another reason for why he wants to do these things and he tries to glorify trickery trickery Trickery. exactly he has to make them look so nice on paper but it's a it's a hidden agenda always so well if you guys go into the room to ask him that one question you can ask him that question (laughs) (laughs) but he's not going to tell us the truth though yeah we know it's time for us to take it back you know what i mean i think that um integration was one of the worst things that happened to our community um when Mm. we decided to uh, give over our power um, to uh, the government and to uh, other people, to white, the white community, to even educate our kids. Um, and to take that power mm-hmm. back, mm-hmm. Um, to me, is the, is the beginning of um, yes. a, a, a monumental uh, 
change mm-hmm. for our for our community just to begin in just taking that one space back it's, it would be huge yeah. to say we're going to homeschool our kids yes. mm-hmm. um, and we don't need the public school or a charter school because mm-hmm. um, we have all that we need within us period yeah. right. the mother is the first parent the yes. first teacher right. yeah. True. parents move from there um, I want to challenge that idea that you, you said earlier Satin, that we don't really know what to do I feel yeah. like we do um, that it is embedded us in, embedded mm-hmm. in us in our ancestral DNA yes. in our muscle Absolutely. memory right. and what our grandmama used to do and her grandmama used to do and mm-hmm. getting that hot water bag and knowledge putting that tea and that yeah. knowledge so we, mm-hmm. we have it right, right. Um, but we continue continuously give it away give it away and say ah, I'm so busy you do it for me I'm so busy you yeah. take care of them mm-hmm. I'm so busy you do the after school mm-hmm. and meanwhile our children are, are are being are falling between the cracks our children are just being sucked up by that pipeline by into pressures. that yeah. so we need to take it back and you may not be the teacher woman but mm-hmm. I am send them to me yeah. and then maybe mm-hmm. you can make the mm-hmm. lunch for me and then you can t- do the science project yeah. so yeah. it takes all of us to do that and Community, I think we can take that back alright All right, so I have Definitely. 30 seconds left on the show before we wrap up I just want one word if you can give me one word where you think our country will be and where the black community will be in one year under Trump just give me one word really quickly mm. strong I have strong I just got mm. Mm. I, I, I don't know. Not a word. Not maybe, a word. But Tran- trans- I'm sorry. Transition. Transition. Hopeful. Hopeful. And Another d- one. Uncertain. Uncertain. And Dawn yes. is uncertain. <laughs> uncertain. Yeah, I'm going with Dawn. So I want to thank you ladies for joining the Black Pill Radio Show. And until then, see you next week. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.